Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast exclusive of Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. We certainly appreciate everyone who listens. My name is Tony Colombo here with producer Carl Middleman. Hello. My partner, Bo Matthews, <laughs> and Tim Shelsvik from Dury Outdoors, who was part of the show this week and is sticking around to continue our discussion here on the podcast. Uh, Tim, thanks again for uh, putting in a little overtime with us. Yeah, happy to do it. Are you guys going with Bo's new nickname, or are we going to skip that? Oh, what is it? Excuse me? Excuse me? Yeah. Fake News Matthews. Oh, let's hear it. Oh, okay, okay. Here we go. Yeah. I'm Mr. Gullible, right? I'm looking for answers about the election. I'm looking for answers about the coronavirus. And then when somebody sends me this monster buck that looks like a candelabra uh, antler rack, I'm like, okay, who's the who's the one hunter I know the most? I'm going to send him this wonderful picture that my neighbor caught on his uh, game cam. And so I sent it, and immediately uh, Tim's like, ah, it's fake. It looks old. It looks grainy. And I was like, no, no, no. He just got this picture on his game cam last night, and I trust this man with my life. And uh, And he goes, okay, well, if you trust him, I trust him. And 10 minutes, not even 10 minutes later, I get a text from my buddy saying, oh, my friends pulled a prank on me. They walked up to my game cam with a picture, and they put it right in front of it. And I was like, oh, dang it. Rat farts. But I will say this. Tim Tim was first to uh, say, you know what? I want your friend to be my friend. I want to come to his property, wrestle it to the ground, and choke it out like my wife would approve of. So was it at least was it at least a picture, even if it was an old one, of a real deer, or was everything about it fake? Let's let let's leave that to the pro, Tim. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely a real deer. It was probably from a a whitetail ranch somewhere where they high fence raised. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a legit picture, but it, it, like it just had a, a lot of this stuff gets gets circulated on social media, and and, and you kind of see it a, a bunch, and and uh, and I thought I'd seen that one around, and, and it did look it just looked it looked off. And, uh, but, but you never know. I mean, there are giants lurking sometimes right beneath our noses and, and, uh, sometimes someone has an old game camera out there and it takes a, takes a picture. And, but, uh, but that one happened to be fake news, unfortunately. <laughs> so but don't give me the nickname for crying out loud. Jerk. Oh, I'm not saying we have to use it. I was just throwing it out there. Both fake news, Matthews. <laughs> I, I mean, it kind of rolls off the tongue. So it, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so we were talking during the show about uh, it being archery season, which is Tim's favorite time to hunt. Um, how much how much more time is left in this season, and how has it been so far, Tim? Has it been a, a good season in the state of Missouri? Yeah, uh, it, it, in to- just just in terms of like firearms kills, we've had uh, over eighty thousand deer taken during the firearm season alone. I, I don't have the archery numbers offhand, but that's that's pretty good. And for me, it's been pretty good. I know for Drury Outdoors, it's been pretty good. Also, we've probably had more kills in October than we than we've had in any previous October uh, wow. in our thirty year history. Wow! Uh, but I've tagged out on two bucks here in Missouri. The one was out of a a, a new it's, it's not a new technology. It's called tree saddle hunting, but you essentially hang from like a, like a seat harness, like you would rock climb in, you hang from a harness off of a tree. And, uh, and so instead of being a tree stand, you're hanging there suspended by a, a rope. Um, hmm. so I, I had my first, my first kill out of one of those this year. That's in deer cast. I mean, that deer was literally probably 15 feet from, from me hanging in that tree. It's very up close and personal. Uh, so not so, only are you steadying the gun, you're steadying yourself in this slingshot chair. Well, well, I, I yeah, can't even picture it's like, it. Like you're, you're leaning out about like a 45 degree angle away from the tree trunk, and I was bow hunting. And uh, so, you know, I'm, and I'm self-filming. So I've got the camera arm attached to the tree, and I'm trying to keep the deer in the frame <laughs> as he's moving, and the doe is directly beneath me, waiting to get busted at any second. Uh, somehow it didn't have he, – he caught me at the very last second. He was about to walk underneath me, and he saw a big orange lump up in the tree and <laughs> and uh, stopped for a second then turned around to walk away and, and stopped again to look back at the doe. And that was all the, the, the few seconds I needed to come to full draw, put an arrow right through his heart. And, and he was done 30, 30 yards later. But that you talk about up close and personal hand-to-hand combat. That's that, incredible. That, that style of hunting was just th- – th- that, that hunt was just unbelievable. So we like uh, to uh, oh, hold, go ahead, on. Be- go ahead. hold on. Let me. I just want to ask. I, I need to see what this thing is. What is this called? I need to Google it. A, a tree saddle. I'll I'll I'll, I'll send you the link in. Uh, I'll send you the link oh, to no, your cat so you can. You see I'm looking hunt. at it right now. Okay, I get it. I see it. That's crazy. It is. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're not really wobbling around in the air. You're 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 steady. Yeah, you're not like Chris Farley in the the Peter Pan harness, <laughs> but but you, you're you're just kind of you're le- you're leveraged against the tree with your feet. Usually on a platform or, or, or a tree limb. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I thanks uh, for explaining. I, I, you know, we want to have as much fun and 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 talk about you, you know the the fun stuff about the great outdoors and hunting. But sometimes there's a there's a tragic story in the news, and I think it's important to cover those too because it's important to remind people. Um, you know, as much fun as it is to be out in the great outdoors and hunting and fishing and all those things. Uh, safety is the number one priority, especially when it comes to firearms. And I was waiting to talk to you, Tim, uh, to do this story because I wanted your thoughts on it. I don't know if you guys saw this story out of, out of Minnesota this past week. A man was killed by a fellow hunter uh, who thought he was a deer. It, uh, it happened as dusk was falling. So there's, you know, there's already another complication is, you know, it's getting darker and harder to see. And this the the shooter saw rustling in the bushes and fired one round from his his rifle into the into the bushes, thinking there was a deer there and uh, and hit a fellow hunter. 
the man he immediately called one nine one one, and the guy, the shooter, has cooperated, and you know he's obviously very uh, heartbroken about what happened. Uh, but the man who was killed was not wearing any orange uh, or any other high visibility clothing. So there's a lot to learn from this situation. Tim, can you just give me your 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 thoughts and the, the message behind a, a tragic story like this? Yeah, so one one of the, the the phrases that we've used at Drury Outdoors for the past thirty years is "be safe and identify those targets." Uh, because yeah. you, especially during spring turkey season, when guys are shotgunning for turkeys in the in the spring turkey woods, it can get pretty dense with foliage. And and uh, and there have been instances where people have been shot or shot near their decoys with uh, with 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 uh, with shotgun pellets. And and it's it, it can be pretty dangerous. And and, it, and the instances are pretty rare, but they're always tragic. You, you just don't want to hear that happen. And I think the case in Minnesota is one where. Both parties have culpability. Yeah. Both parties did something that they shouldn't have. And obviously you should be wearing your blaze orange when you're your firearms hunting. It's the law. You have to. Um, and also, if you're a hunter, you always identify you always not only do you know what you're shooting at, but you know what's behind that target in case you miss or in case the projectile goes through the animal, you know what's on the backside and that it's that, that there's some kind of safe backdrop or that it's completely clear back there that bullets not going to travel and do some collateral damage that you never intended. So it, it, incredibly tragic, but, but unfortunately and it happens. Mm -hmm. Tim, you've got, and you've also got to know where you're hitting it on the animal too, because you don't want to hit like a, you know, a leg of an animal uh, when you're hunting. I, that, that to me is just irresponsible on the shooter in this story, because you should know that you need to hit it in the, in the chest area where the, the heart and the lungs are. You don't want to hit it in its ass. I mean, this is, that's, that's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. And you know, but it, it's a good, and I didn't even think about that, that aspect because I was just so appalled by the fact that, that this, a uh, uh, human perished, but yeah, just from a sheer hunting perspective, it's an unethical shot. It, unless, unless Absolutely. you have a clear shot at the vitals, you don't take the shot. It, it's just, I mean, that, that's, that's, that's deer hunting. That's hunting one oh one. You just don't do it. And so it, it, it's, it's such a shame. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a, another question. Yep. Uh, if I, if you don't mind, Tony, no, yeah, um, of course, if you're, in, if you're in a deer stand and you're looking down at a monster buck or whatever, you're, 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 he's right below you. Is it unethical to shoot straight down? I'm not a hunter. So I'm, that's why I'm asking. It's, it's not, it's, it's hard. It's hard to do with a gun. It's hard to do with a bow. It's not ideal because you're only probably going to get one side of that bilateral symmetry on the deer. So as opposed to getting a double lung shot when they're standing broadside or at least out at a distance from you, you're just going to get one, you're just going to get one, uh, one lung. And, uh, and so, yeah, you can it, but it's not ideal. What's the closest, what's the closest an animal's ever gotten to you, Tim? Um, that you that you that you've shot that you've killed. Okay, I was gonna say I had a possum crawl into my lap turkey hunting, but that, I guess that, that, doesn't, that doesn't count. Oh, let's hear <laughs> I mean, that story. I, I I've shot I shot a doe one time, literally at like five steps from me. Wow! And, and then oh that gosh. that that saddle buck that I just killed uh, a few weeks back, he he was probably 12, 15 feet from me, so pretty darn close. How I guess it's just pure instincts on. If you think they're going to, 
you know, if, if they're in range, but it feels like they're getting close, they're going to keep getting closer and the shot's going to get easier, you kind of want to give them you want to give them the opportunity to do that. So how how long do you you wait? What's the what's that like? I guess maybe it's case by case and instincts Yeah. Anymore. Yeah, it, it really is. You, you have to learn to watch the animal's body language. Uh, the, this the deer I killed out of the saddle, I watched. I he stood at at probably eighteen yards for eleven and a half minutes, watching this doe that was feeding underneath me the whole time. I'm dying, waiting for him to step hmm. out so I have a clear shot at him. But I was watching his body language. He was interested in the doe. I knew that he would probably step out. I'm not going to shoot through the brush with an arrow to try to to try to take him. I, I was going to wait until he offered a, a much better shot, and, and he did. But there is such a thing as, as too close. Um, you know, if you're gun hunting and you got a deer that's almost right up in your face, you're not going to be able to see much in the scope. You're just going to see brown. Uh, and, and same thing when, when you're bow hunting, your 20-yard pin really should become your 40-yard pin when you're settling on where to what to use to aim at that deer when they're that close. So things can get really complicated when a deer or when any animal gets too close. When you're shotgun hunting turkeys, uh, you get you get them real close, and and the uh, the pattern from your gun is more like the size of a golf ball right out of the end of the barrel. Uh, but you know, another five ten yards out, you're looking at more of a softball or something a little bit bigger and, and a better pattern. So things get kind of hairy when when animals get too close to you. Well, and uh, Tim, I'll, I'll just uh, ask you this. I mean, because you, this is your business, this is the world you live in, and, and how blessed are you to have this lifestyle that you you live? Um, Share the Harvest is a great program I've uh, supported over the years, even not being a hunter, just getting the word out about it. Uh, could you explain to the folks uh, how important that is? Yeah, so uh, so w- one of the challenges with, with folks who rely on food banks and food pantries and things like that is that, you know, it, it's nothing to get like, a, you know, four pounds of pasta on, on the shelves at those at those uh, at those pantries, but getting high quality protein is more expensive. And yeah. uh, and so that's where Share the Harvest comes in is it's it's subsidized by the Missouri Department of Conservation. I think in Illinois, it's IDNR, uh, but they subsidize different different. Uh, deer processors to pay for the processing of deer that maybe people don't want some or all of their deer and or they don't have freezer space for it. And so they'll, they'll take it and they'll donate to share the harvest. So the MDC comes in on the backside, that processor, and they'll take that processed deer meat, that high quality free range organic deer meat, and they will uh, distribute it to food banks across the state, making yeah. sure people have really good nutrition, uh, utilizing our state's natural resources. That is Tim Shelsvik from Drury Outdoors and the Thinking Woodsman podcast. If uh, they're done listening to this podcast and want to uh, immediately switch over to another one, Tim, how can people find you, both the Thinking Woodsman podcast, the 100% Wild podcast, and also uh, the the DeerCast app? Uh, Lots of great content out there. How can people find all of it? Yeah, any place you find a podcast, just search for those titles that you just mentioned, Tony, and uh, and I'll pop up. And uh, and then the DeerCast app, you can get it in the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, or you can just go to DeerCast.com on your computer or tablet and uh, punch it in and and create an account and get going. And you said that the that you you in the tree saddle, that kill is on the DeerCast app. Is that correct? Yeah, you can see all of our team's kills uh, in the DeerCast app before they hit television. So uh, so go in there and you can search for my name and, and, uh, and my hunts will come up.
I, I think that's worth it alone. <laughs> I got to see <laughs> I got to see the tree saddle in action. I, I just me wearing a saddle. Yeah. Well, hey, it looks really now cool. That, don't I, look like that a I have seen, but I've not seen it in the woods. Uh, all right. We've got... <laughs> what on. in the world? Are... What, what, just what show is this? Are we <laughs> Wait a minute. Tim Shelsvick, thanks again for everything you do for us. We'll talk to you again real soon. All right. See you guys. All right. And that is going to do see it you, for this edition of the podcast exclusive. If you haven't already, make sure you download this week's show podcast as well. And don't forget, we put out two podcasts every week for you. The show podcast on Friday and this, the podcast exclusive, comes out every Monday. For Carl Middleman and Bo Matthews, I'm Tony Colombo. Thank you so much for listening to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.